This is it. This is your new favorite podcast. Why? Because this one is for every woman who has ever felt like she was too much and somehow not enough all at the same damn time. This one is for you, sis, because this one is for me too. Welcome to Confessions of a High Strung Woman with me, yo girl, Abby Walker. Think of this like the happy hour for your soul that you've been craving. We're going to get real honest. We're going to laugh real hard and we're going to learn a couple things. But more than anything, I'm about to hype you up, sis, to be the real you in all of your glory because that's what this world desperately needs. Let's ride. <laughs> yes, let's freaking ride. Oh, welcome back. Welcome back to Confessions of a High Strung Woman. It has been almost a year since you and I have hung out, and I have missed it so much. There are so many things that I want us to get a chance to talk about and to dive into. And as you can tell from the new intro, which I freaking love, it just it gets me so hyped up. I need to like listen to it. I mean, I listen to it before every episode to be like, yes, this is why we're here. This is what we're doing. (laughs) And why we are here and what we are doing is to exist and to serve, to speak life into your soul. My sweet, sweet, fabulous, strong-spirited, badass sister. That is why I am here. And this space is so special to me because I feel like it's just a forum. It's a way that we get to have conversations that... I don't know that they're happening anywhere else, but I know they need to freaking happen. Um, If you don't know, I wrote and released my first book. I've done several albums, but I had never written a book before, and that was quite the adventure with the same title, Confessions of a High Strung Woman. And that was also about a year ago. And so I sat down to really work to promote the book, to do interviews, and we did a Zoom book club. And I cannot tell you how much I have enjoyed getting to connect on an even deeper level with so many women who have resonated with the book, who have felt heard, who hopefully have found some help. Like the messages I've gotten have just, they just have really overwhelmed me. My One of my favorites being this woman in her 60s who is like, I've struggled my entire life with feeling too strong. And this is the first time anybody has ever put a name to it. And the things you wrote about in terms of boundaries and dealing with our emotions, like they've been so helpful to me. And I mean, that's enough. Like if it was just for one person, that means the world to me. But y'all, I also wrote the damn book for me, like for me. And because I need to be reminded of these truths and these things that the Lord has shown me, but I mean, you know, we forget things. And so what I'm so excited to be able to do in this next season of the podcast and where we're headed is to share parts of that book here on the podcast. And we're going to have an opportunity to just dive in a little bit deeper and answer questions. I'll be doing some polls and things like that over on Facebook and Instagram. And um, because I need to be reminded of some of these things. And the four main sections of the book are the journey of a high-strung woman, which is a lot of my story, because I feel like you need to know who somebody is before they start 
you know, telling you things that they've learned or whatever. I feel like that's really important. The second is uh, self-care. Self-care is so huge for us as high-strung women. The third one is boundaries, learning how to take back our no, to stand in our sacred ground, um, to not feel completely overrun by life. That's really, really important. And then the last one is harnessing the power of our big emotions. Because hell, if we don't have all of the feelings, all the feels, And they're so strong and they're so big that they can overwhelm us. And learning how to harness them instead of fighting against them or repressing them or trying to remove, like harnessing, working together, partnering with them to be the energy and the fuel for what we need to do, for what God's called us to do, is a it's it's like groundbreaking. I say groundbreaking. It was for me anyways, to understand that I don't need to live at war with my emotions. So those are the sections. Those are some things we're going to go through this season on the podcast. Um, And I'm just, I'm so excited to get to share even more of that with you guys and working on recording the audiobook as well as getting the Kindle version out there as well. But if you haven't picked it up, you can grab it on Amazon. Um, It's an easy purchase. They'll get it to you in two days (laughs) if you have the Prime. But today... I wanted to introduce an idea that has been rumbling around in my heart for like the last, I don't know, four months. It is this idea of really coming into our own as a woman. And I introduce it a little bit in the book, Confessions of a High-Strung Woman, because there's there's this big process for us as women. Number one, we were taught that everything about us needed to be changed. And if everything about us needs to be changed, then everything about us was wrong or less than. And if you grew up in the church house like I did, you were taught fundamentally that you cannot trust yourself, that there in me there dwells no good thing, right? The dark side of that that I don't, that I know people didn't really think through is that it teaches us as women to not really trust ourselves and to constantly be looking for a model for a standard, for an example of who we should try to become. But inherent in that is this dangerous foundation of personal rejection, of deeply rejecting who we are. And and here's the step beyond that. That is deeply rejecting who God made you to be. We dive a bunch more into that in the book, and we'll come back to this later. But That's a dangerous foundation. Anything you build on that foundation of rejecting who you are, even if it's rejecting your body and it's extreme dieting or extreme working out, like that, that house built on that will not stand because it's not a solid foundation. And it can feel very dangerous. It can feel to some people who are super high goal achievers and they're like, well, I want to look like the cover of, you know, women's health, or I want to look like Miss USA, or I want to look like, you know, whatever it is, these, these body goals, hashtag body goals, God bless it. Oh Lord. Anyways, um, they are, they keep us on this treadmill of trying and trying harder and trying. And it's always like, don't you see how hard I'm trying? I'm trying so hard to be everything you want me to be. And it can feel very dangerous to dare to step into radical acceptance. For some people, it can feel like, oh, well, I'm just giving up if I dare to radically accept myself. And and I would just like to say that's a load of BS. Like that is that is not true, but that is how we've been trained and how we've been taught. Because there's this, you know, believe it or not, there's this whole culture, there's this whole marketplace out there that's making a ton of money out of you and I trying desperately to look different be different, dress different than who we really are. Like we are constantly on that hamster wheel of self-improvement. 
One of the things that I talk about in the book was the understanding for me that it is time to shift from self-improvement. There's lots of good things in self-improvement. And girl, I love a self-improvement program. Love it. But to self-care. Self-care starts from the holy and sacred ground of who I am is good and is enough and is worthy of being taken care of. Because you can't really take care of anything if you are ignoring what it really is. If you're ignoring the root problem, the root issues, and you're just putting Band-Aids on things, that thing's never going to heal. Like, you can't put a Band-Aid on a broken bone. Like, it's not going to work. You can't take Advil, you know, <laughs> when you've, you've snapped a finger. Like, th- those things don't work. In order for us to really take care of ourselves, we have to fully embrace and accept who and where we are today. So as dangerous as that may feel, I want us to start from that place. I want you to take a deep breath, and I want you to think about exactly where you are today, exactly how your clothes fit, exactly how your hair looks, exactly how you feel about yourself, and I want you and I to start this journey of accepting who and where we are, and from that place, we will build a solid foundation of owning all of who we are. We will move past this bullshit lie of the world that is obsessed with youth and with youthful beauty. There is something so fleeting. I mean, it is. Youthful beauty is, it's absolutely fleeting. Like to be 20 years old and to down a whole pizza and drink margaritas and then, you know, throw on your skinny jeans or put on your swimsuit and frolic down the beach carelessly like with absolutely no effect to your physical body, that is a wonder, okay? It is a wonder that exists for only a few years in your life, for most of us, especially as women. Um, and it, if for it to be the standard for our lives is bullshit. Like, can we just say this? It is, it's insane. And what it does is it keeps us obsessed and distracted with trying to attain something that is not only physically impossible, but it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. This belief that our best days are behind us in terms of beauty and worth and attraction and significance like that it's it's so not true and we have bought into it and we have completely lost sight of the present and we are being robbed of both our present and our future because all we're doing is trying to turn back time all we're doing is looking back over our shoulder and that is a form of living in the past and here's what I want to tell you okay your best days are not behind you your most beautiful, attractive, stunning days, they are not behind you. They are in front of you. And when we stop buying into this lie, it changes everything. And we go from a girl, a little girl who competes and who needs the world around her to tell her that she's beautiful because she's buying into what the world around her says is beautiful to a woman who freaking comes into her own and she tells the world who she is. I'm going to say that again. A girl, a little girl strives and competes and hustles and hustles and tries to be the best in her group in an effort for her world to validate her. But a grown ass woman, she knows her worth. 
She owns all of who she is, and she doesn't let the world tell her who she is. She tells the world who she is. And you know what that is? That is stunning. That is fabulous. That is so attractive. It will stop anybody in their tracks. And I have had this thought, right? The the most immediate thing that happens for us as, as women when we think about getting older or really coming into our own, coming into our own is a byproduct of having more life experience. Coming into our own as women is a result of Tasting, tasting and seeing things in life and being like, don't like that. Yes, I like that. Don't sign me up for that. Yes, subscribe to that. Like, It is all of those places. And when we really come into our own as women, we move differently through the world. And I have just reached a point in my life where I want to move differently through the world. Like, to be honest, I am exhausted from trying to get people to validate me, <laughs> to approve me, to say, oh yes, you're beautiful or your outfit's right or um, your hair looks great or we like what you're doing and we like what you're saying. It, it, it's just exhausting because it is, it, it, it's the never ending game. You will never win it. But the idea, the idea of moving into a place where instead of letting the world tell me who I am or what my worth is, moving into that place where it, it is like, this is who I am. And this is what I know I'm worth. And I'm going to teach you how to interact with me. I don't mean in a domineering, like, I'm a bitch kind of way. I mean in a way, a queenly way. Gina DeVee, who I just love, she's a podcast um, called Divine Living. And she's written a book called uh, The Audacity to Be Queen. And honestly, it's not a title of a book that I probably would have picked up because um, I, you know, just don't necessarily have a great hunger and desire for books with titles of royal things, like (laughs) just a queenly, you know, whatever. That wasn't my thing. But um, I heard her talk and I was just like, gosh, her approach to being a woman is so fresh and so amazing that I I just want to read what she's got to say. And she takes us through the story of Esther and she talks about the characters, characteristics and the qualities and the habits and the behaviors of what it looks like to move from being just kind of like, I don't know, almost an employee of your life to really owning your life in a queen, queenly way and reigning over things. And that may sound really ridiculous to you, but here, here's what I can tell you. I want to reign and reign well over my entire life, over everything that God has given me responsibility and dominion over. And it has changed so much. Like it's changed the way that I treat my home. It's changed the way that I clean my home. It's changed the way that I dress myself for the day. Like I've thought about these things and I'm, I haven't arrived. Like, let's be honest, I'm doing this podcast right now in a giant sweatshirt and some leggings. Like I'm not dressed in queenly robes <laughs> necessarily, but I am thinking about my life differently. And I am thinking about the way that I want to move through this world. So one of the very first places in coming into our own is knowing who we are and then taking the step further than that to learn how to communicate to the world. No, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is what I believe in. And I think a really good question to just start today and maybe even we'll end this podcast here is what would it look like for you to really own who you are, to come into your own as a woman? What would that look like? For a lot of us, it's separating from our moms. For a lot of us, it's separating from 
the expectations of what it looks like to be um, a woman this way. Like you only wear this these clothes and you only do this. Um, I can remember that, especially when I was younger and even in my young 30s, but my late 20s, you wore things um, <laughs> that were that everybody else wore, right? Because it was like, oh yeah, this is what you wear. And then it part of the reason everybody wore the same things is that because the winners of the people who wore the same things looked really good in those things. But it was just, you know, you're just out of luck if it doesn't look good on your particular body type because this is just what we wear. And that's all fine and good when you're tiny and you're a little twig and you're just all wearing the same, you know, J. Crew, Abercrombie, whatever it was. Like, I'm dating myself here big time. Abercrombie was the business when I was in high school. And there were absolutely girls who wore it and looked better in that particular type of clothing than in other girls. And even from an early age, like I got to thinking about it this week. Do y'all remember freaking 579? Oh my gosh. Tell me you remember 579, that stupid store in the mall that only sold sizes in five, seven, and nine. Like I was so scared to even walk by that store. Like I was afraid that if I walked by in the store in the mall, like those skinny little twigs that worked there were going to be like, boo, boo, get out of here. <laughs> like, I was so intimidated, so freaking intimidated by that stupid store. And that began for so many of us, this idea that like, this is what you have to wear. And this is what you wear if you're winning, if you're cute, if you're whatever. And again, that idea of winning is being given to us. It's being validated or affirmed or, you know, awarded to us by the outside world. And first of all, I would just like to go on the record to say that the tailoring and the quality of the clothes at 579 were ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry, stretch mesh fabric is not what I would call a high quality garment. But at least for me, at least in that age, like my sister and I can laugh about this all the time. It was like, oh, but if we could just have a dress from there. And it's so funny because like nobody knew, like unless you were going to wear your clothes inside out, nobody knew that dress came from 579 or nor did they know that it was a size 5, 7 or 9. This is an example of just what I'm trying to say of like we, when we try to be what everybody else tells us to be, it will never fit right. It will never fit right, and it will be so incredibly disappointing. And so one of the things for me is I really began to try and come into my own because I came, like, and you can read the book, I came from a very conservative, very strict, very legalistic even system and set of beliefs about women and what women wore and what they were supposed to look like and all of these things. And they were not fun clothes. They were not big gold jewelry. They were not big, awesome hair. It was not self-expression. Everything about where, in so many ways, what I came out of was about restraining yourself and managing yourself and trying to get it right. But as I began to do my work and as I began to step into who I really was as a woman and owning the things that I really loved, which were which were things that exuded life, that were fun colors and fringe and and gosh, I just if it looks badass, I'm drawn to it, right? The more fringe an article of clothing has on it, the more like the level in my brain goes to like, I, ha I have to have this. And I freaking love it. But there are lots of people who would say, oh, you shouldn't wear that. You shouldn't do that. There are lots of people who would say, oh, that's inappropriate for your age. 
Mm-mm, mm-mm. We don't need that kind of negativity in our lives. Whoever is saying that, whoever thinks that they are the mayor of whatever is appropriate for what we're wearing, you can just take a seat. This is not this is not for you. This is not for you. I I am unavailable for your criticism. I freaking love that line. I am unavailable. Like somebody up in your business, somebody making you crazy and you're like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm already booked. I'm already booked with happiness and joy and staying in my boundaries. I am unavailable for your crazy. Okay. Well, (laughs) that'll probably need to be an episode later. But all of this to say, owning who we are, really stepping into our own is just that. It is taking ownership. It is taking back control of areas and places of our lives, including our identity or what we wear or how we parent or what music we listen to or where we you know, spend our time or where we shop or whatever the hell it is, it is taking that back and saying, oh, no, no, excuse me, that's mine. I'm so sorry. I I didn't mean to hand it to you. I'm taking that back. And really standing in, because here's the other thing. When you own something, like you stand in an authority that says, this is mine, and you know what's not. You also know what's yours and what is not someone else's. And doing the work to unsubscribe, to become unavailable to all these people's opinions, and then to dare to begin to really step into who we are. Maybe it looks like wearing that red lipstick that you love. Maybe that looks like wearing a swimsuit to the beach instead of covering yourself up from head to toe because you have believed somewhere along the way that you need to apologize for the body that you are rocking that birthed, that made three humans. Like, no, maybe it is taking it back. We talked about this in an episode a little bit earlier that I revisited this week, and it was in the context of lady shame of really owning our bodies. And this is a place that I want to do a lot more work and I want us to have a lot more conversations. But we have to take back our bodies from the evaluations of other people. So we know it, right? We're headed into swimsuit season. And for most women, that just, we get this overwhelming sense of dread of like, oh, I've just got to starve myself or cover it up or whatever. One of my favorite comments from one of my friends that was like, look, we didn't lose all the weight that we wanted to for the summer, so we're just going to decorate it. And I died laughing. I was like, what? <laughs> she said, we're just going to decorate it. We're going to buy some really pretty swimsuits. Maybe we're going to wear some little body jewelry. We're going to do it. We're just going to rock it. We're just going to spray tan it. We're going to decorate it. This is my first tip for anyone. And my somewhere, like, my friends are dying laughing because they know it's so true. A spray tan. A tan in a bottle, a tan for whatever. It makes you feel so much better about everything. And so if you're struggling today, I'm just going to tell you, go get you go get you some tanner. If you want to know which tanner, you can message me on Instagram. Um, I have tried them all. And here's what I can tell you. I am a happier, a nicer, and a more confident woman when I am tan and when I have on big earrings. Like that, that is in big sunglasses. Like those things make me happy. That is part of me saying, this is who I am. This is, these are things that I love and y'all can just deal with it because it makes, because it makes me happy. And here's what I can tell you. I don't care what it is. A happier woman is a beautiful woman. A happy woman is a beautiful woman. I think it was Audrey Hepburn who said, happy girls are the prettiest. And it's so true. And it's not fake happy. It's real happy. So if you're having a hard time accessing your happy, if you're if you're if you feel more overwhelmed than you feel free or joyous, it's time to do some work and to look at these places where you are submitting, you're willingly submitting like you're coming under the weight of other people's expectations or the rules for you. Um 
and to shake those off and to know, man, this is this is not a place of life for me. And so I'm going to quit submitting to this place. And I will take ownership of my, not only just my life, but my mental state and my emotional state. And I will pursue things that bring me joy and that make me happy. Coming into our own as women is, it's like a rite of passage. And I think that it's something that a lot of us really miss. And I am hell bent on figuring out how to really come into my own and to own all of who I am, to own my magic, to own the way that I see the world, to to own and to celebrate, right, the way that I want to show up in the world and the conversations I want to have and what I want to spread and, and what I want to wear. So I don't know what it looks like for you today, but today I want you to think of at least one place that you can separate from people's expectations of you and you can come into your own. Mentioned it before, maybe it's wearing that red lipstick, maybe it's wearing that super fun dress, maybe it's, you know, wearing the swimsuit instead of being covered with a t-shirt and shorts, maybe it's um, not going, not spending, you know, we're coming up on Easter and a lot of people spend time with their families, maybe it's not spending 48 hours at your in-law's house because it makes you feel like crap when you leave, or maybe it's been not spending 48 hours at your mom's house because you feel like crap when you leave. All of those things can be true, but dare to choose yourself. I think that's one of the biggest themes that I'm learning is that you dare to choose yourself because when you choose yourself and you prioritize who you really are, you are then able to give more deeply and more authentically and more beautifully to the world around you. And like we said, this world needs you to be the real you. We desperately need the real you. I'm so grateful I got this time with you today. There's going to be lots more conversations. I just want to encourage you and love on you. I would love to connect with you on Instagram. And would y'all do me a favor? Share this with somebody if you think it would really encourage them. And dare to really come into your own today. Dare to own your life. Dare to own what you wear. Dare to own what you do. Dare to own what you eat and how you live your life. All of those things. There is greater joy to be found there than you would ever find in other people telling you that you're worthy. You decide that you're worthy and you tell the world, this is who I am and this is how you may treat me. Have a great day and I will talk to you soon. Ooh, girl, we did some work today. I hope you leave this episode with a smile on your face, feeling a little more badass and a lot more brave because this world needs the real you. It's time to stop hiding. The real you is the best you. It's time to let that girl out. If you loved this episode, text it to your friends, screenshot it, tag me on Instagram or Facebook, and as always, leave a review. If you haven't, grab yourself a copy of my book, Confessions of a High Strung Woman, over on Amazon, where we dive into all things high strung woman, self-care, finding our boundaries and sacred ground, and dealing with and harnessing the power of our big emotions as women. Let's be friends on socials. On Instagram, you can find me at Abby Walker Official, and you can also find me and meet other incredible, strong, badass women over on Facebook and our group, High Strung Sisterhood. Just search for it and come hang out. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had the best time with you. I can't wait for next time, but in the meantime, give them hell today, sis. I'm in your corner. 